From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Oh, the boys are back in town. The boys are back. Good in morning. Town. It's a full I house. I feel like playing poker because we've got a full house. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Pants off Friday, boys. Ahoy! Hey, pants off Friday. Friday. Pants off Friday. That's the new. That's the new thing. It's on Friday. Pants off, boys. I thought it was me getting. I thought it was me getting high on the back of Caroline giving me an orange Cadbury's thingy mini egg. Which hey, is very nice. You eating chocolate? Very nice. Cadbury though, good chocolate. Good yeah, chocolate. that worries me. Happy Friday, happy Friday, lads. Welcome to the Northeast Becky Show once again. Today is my show, uh, so we're going then. to take you into the weekend. Yep. Uh, we have got, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about with you guys. That's why you're here, all right, to uh, make me look good, to uh, talk over the top of me, <laughs> to interrupt me, uh, all of that good we stuff. We don't do Can't that. Wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, this weekend we've got Newcastle at home to Wolves. We're going to look at that. Borough away to Stoke. Oh my goodness, do we need a win? And Sunderland away to Norwich. What a tough game that's going to be. Now, I was going to debut a little new song, but it's not ready. It's not ready. But what's Scranning On is making its debut today oh, without its no. new song. Brilliant. Without its new song. But Scranning On is. is, is Where does he get these great ideas? No, I, I don't know. I, it's like it comes to me in an epiphany. Uh, like a little voice in my ear. Craig Johnsy! I Johnsy even Craig. taught you that word. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Johns uh, from the Gazette, the Borough Gazette, will be on the show today. He'll be joining us just after 8 a.m. to talk about everything Borough, about 20 years to the day, Cup and Cup win, uh, and also all those injuries and that little question he had for Michael Carrick yesterday in his presser. Ronaldo's been banned, lads, after rudely reacting and making a gesture towards fans who were chanting, we preferred Messi. <laughs> Love it. Unlucky. Paul Pogba's ban has been upheld, lads, and he will be now missing four years of football for doping. Is it a sad ending or is it his own fault? I'll ask the lads that question. Bit of Wayne harsh, Rooney bit of harsh seems one to be... just for being a dope, mate. No, no, I know. Oh, Wayne Rooney be bunned is in the media. Wayne Rooney keeps... He's like got Steve Bruce's agent at the moment. Wayne Rooney keeps popping up left, right and centre. He was now on BBC and he says that he has set a plan. He set a plan to be managing Man United or Everton within the next 10 years. Well, Wayne, we're going to hear what the lads have to think about that. What, under and we're going to talk about football's congested schedule uh, after the professional... The PFA chief executive... Uh, said that top, with tournaments expanding, it is increasing revenue, but you're not protecting the health and it's killing the product of the game. All that and a lot more on your Northeast footy breakfast show this morning for Pants Off Friday. I absolutely love it. Get your pants off. Right, we're going to start, as always, on your Friday morning. Round of applause uh, to Rye. Round of Thank applause you. to Rye. His first reference to the name of the show, he got right. Thank you. I include, see, I wrote footy. I even wrote notes here. I've got a post-it note in front of me. Good man. I thought that clapping now. sound was something related to Pants Off Friday, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> swing low, sweet chariots. In your, in your weather, didn't you, Davey, about something dragging, don't keep something anyway because it's too cold? Yeah, there's going to sure, be there's going to be a ground frost in, expo, in exposed yeah, yeah. parts. So. There you go. 
Yeah, okay, just well, don't, don't expose don't your pants. Pants off. Yeah, indeed. Don't pants off. Don't pants off in that area. Let's Make get your pants to on. Pants on Friday. <laughs> pants on Friday for those with ground frost. For those with hot summer conditions, let it flow. Let it flow. Yeah. Northeast footy breakfast show club headlines where we go around the three teams and we find what's making news for the three clubs this Friday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans, and happy Friday. Sunderland make the 250-mile trip to Carroll Road on Saturday to face Norwich City in the Skybet Championship and will be backed by yet another sellout away following. Danny Bath is available to face his former club. The defender departed Wearside last summer after making 55 appearances during an 18-month spell at the Stadium of Light. Last time the two sides met, goals from Trey Hume, Dan Neal and Jack Clark sealed an impressive 3-1 comeback victory for the lads. Streaming passes are available to anyone outside of the United Kingdom, although some restrictions do apply depending on the country you're trying to buy from. Streaming passes are available, of course, to buy from the club website. Mike Dodds confirmed that Corey Evans is back in full training, though we are unlikely to see him in action for a while after spending over a year in the treatment room. However, two players that do see who we could see back on the pitch very soon are Gillespie and Bradley Dack. Argelesi has spent a large chunk of his Sunderland career on the sidelines, having only made his first appearance of the season in the 2-0 win over Preston North End on New Year's Day. The defender lasted only two starts before suffering another injury and has since spent over a month injured. Meanwhile, Bradley Dack hasn't had much luck either, enduring two different injuries since joining on a free transfer last summer. And finally, Sunderland youngster Tom Lavery says his call-up to Mike Dodd's senior squad last weekend was a dream come true. The 18-year-old Academy of Light graduate was named in the Black Cats matchday squad to face Swansea City in the championship last Saturday and watched from the bench as his teammates succumbed to a 2-1 loss. Speaking to Sunderland's website, Lavery said it was a dream come true when I found out. The result didn't go our way, but the whole experience for me was top. Just being on the pitch at half-time and seeing the fans clapping and, and then when I was warming up was a great experience and I hope to get more in the future and I'm looking forward to it. There are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, you beautiful Borough fans. Happy Friday. Michael Carrick is keen to extend his stay at Middlesbrough and sign a new contract with positive talks understood to have taken place between him uh, and the club's hierarchy. Club uh, have confirmed. And Michael Carrick said yesterday in his press conference, I wouldn't say it's a major in terms of a big deal. It's not a big deal for me. I'm happy here. I'm relaxed about it. Everyone is clamoring for news on something. Nothing has changed. I'm here. I love it. I love it here. I'm enjoying it. Yes, I didn't stumble. He said I love it twice like a panicked uh, child. Uh, I love it here too on the radio station. Uh, George Friend has penned a special mention for Middlesbrough FC as he announced his retirement from football yesterday. Taking the immediate position of football director at Bristol Rovers, George wrote a special mention that has to be given out to Middlesbrough FC. He said, what I achieved and felt and experienced there was more than football. Thank you. My dream was to play in the Premier League and I got to do that, walking out as captain in my proudest moment of all. Oh, brings a tear to my eye, Georgie boy. And finally, Carrick has revealed that whilst Johnny Howson might be available to return to training later next week, it's worse news for Hayden Hackney, who will be a little bit further away from a return. Both Johnny and Hayden have not have been missing since 
twisting their knees respectively against Preston North End. Ara are still also without now. Sit down for this one. Izzy Jones, Dale Fry, Josh Coburn, Alex Bangura, Daryl Lenahan, Tommy Smith, and obviously Jordan, Johnny Housen and Hayden Hackney, like I just said. And we wonder what's happened to this season with that list. Borough travel to Stoke City, who sit in relegation after a shocking run of form under new boss Schumacher. Borough will undoubtedly be looking for three points to be avoiding being dragged into that relegation battle. Come on, Borough! You can do it. That's your Friday headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. This Saturday, I see Newcastle play a third successive Premier League home game in the non-televised three o'clock slot when Wolves travel to St James's Park. United are winless in four Premier League fixtures uh, since the 3-0 victory over Fulham in December. Defeats to Nottingham Forest. Manchester City were followed by draws with Luton and Bournemouth. Team news, well, we'll get Eddie Howe's press conference just after half nine today, but Nick Pope, Joe Linton, Callum Wilson, Matt Target and Sandro Tonali remain on the sidelines. Sven Botman is expected to return after missing out on Tuesday's FA Cup win at Blackburn Rovers. There is still the threat of a two-match Premier League suspension over Bruno and Anthony Gordon. Uh, Anthony Gordon has two Premier League yellow cards away from a suspension, Bruno just the one. And ahead of their trip to Tyneside, Gary O'Neill's side defeated Brighton & Hove Albion 1-0 in the FA Cup fifth round on Wednesday night. That looked to have come at some cost though, with Premier League top scorer Huang Hee Chan forced off with injury, as was Maria, Mario Lemina after netting the winner. Second top scorer, Matthias Kuna, is already ruled out until late March with a hamstring problem. Wolves are unbeaten away from home in six Premier League and FA Cup games since mid-December, winning four and drawing the other two. Premier League victories came at Brentford, Chelsea and Spurs with a 0-0 draw at Brighton. A third attempt will be made to play Newcastle's delayed Northumberland Senior Cup tie against Bedlington Terriers on Tuesday, March the 12th. The kickoff at Whitley Park is set for 7.30 and the winners of the tie will travel to Ashington in the semi-final of the competition. A new date being announced for the under-21s Premier League home meeting with West Bromwich Albion, originally due to be played on Saturday, April the 6th. That'll now go ahead on Friday, April the 5th with a 7 o'clock start and the venue remains unchanged. That's at Whitley Park. And congratulations to Matty Longstaff, uh, who has found a new club at last. Uh, Toronto FC announced that the club has signed him, a two-year contract through to 2025 with an option for 2026. Longstaff will be added to the roster pending the receipt of his medicals and international transfer certificate. He turns 24 this month and he's been sidelined since his uh, ACL injury uh, that he sustained at Colchester United. Uh, he was released by Newcastle in the summer, but he's continued his rehabilitation with United. Good luck, Matty. That's your Newcastle headlines on Friday the 1st of March. Together across the northeast. Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Happy Friday, everybody. The 1st of March. Can you believe it? This We're only three months into this year. I can't believe it's flying is that, by. Um, is, 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 is that spring now we're in? Yep, officially. Uh, yeah, officially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're in autumn, yeah, mate. Yeah, Summer's ended. What temperature was it Summer's today? Out. It was 30 degrees today. Oh, it's a right, flat okay. 30. Oh, yeah. it's getting nippy. Yeah. yeah, it's getting... It is. Get your jumpers get out, nippy. mate. Get your jumpers out. You watch. You watch. Come June, I'll be talking to you from uh, the, the classic minus one here in Canberra. We're the only like place in Australia to get snow. Uh, I don't know why I choose to live here sometimes, but it is what it is. We have got a big show ahead of you guys. We have got guys. I got to. I got to. We got to sit down. We got to put our collective minds together. Our brilliance of the round table. I call to order the knights of the round table. Ooh. I need your help. Ooh. We have got a special guest coming on at ten past eight this morning. His name Ooh. is Craig Johnson. He's from the Ooh. borough. He is a mm -hmm. Gazette 
reporter. We need a nickname. I think you're going to say Seller. We've got, we've got, Gazette Seller. We've got James Is Copley. <laughs> we got James yeah. Copley, a.k.a. Jimmy Coppers. Ted, what can we name Craig Johns? Oh, put me on the spot. Jono. I know, right? Jono? Jono? Just Jono? Yeah, Jono, but Jono's... No, no. What's the nickname for Craig? Craig. I don't, see, I can't Craigie Jono. Craigie Jono. That's what Craigie you should call him. Craigie Jono. Nah, that's enough. That's awful. <laughs> no, that's, that's awful. That, like... Craigie Jono. What in the kind Craigie of... Jono? Jono Craig. Jo- jo- I like Jono. Jono's good. Jono's good. Rubber John's. Rubber John's. Long John's. Is he tall, lad? Long John's. Stretch a story out. Long John's. Jono John's. Jono John's. Jono John's. Why do my throw down with the listener on WhatsApp? Anyone got any ideas? Yeah, please get in touch. Clean ones. Borough funny writer from the the Evening Gazette, Craig John's. Obviously, we've got to come up with a nickname as we do with Jimmy Cobbers. Uh, so um, give us your thoughts, 0330-043-2002. That's 0330-043-2002. Hey, lads, I, I, do you know what I saw this morning? What, what did you I'm going to get into trouble for saying this. Right. A oh. policeman speeding. Whoa. I was behind him. I was behind him on the A66. Following him at the same speed. I was following him at the same speed. And all of a sudden, the guy put his foot down and uh, disappeared off in the oh. 50 mile an hour limit. He was doing over 60. I mean, I was thinking, oh, the blue lights are going. I was looking down the road. The blue lights must be coming on soon. And uh, no, he was just getting home. Must have been the end of the shift because uh, I caught him up with a set of red traffic lights. And then the police station's just around the corner. He turned into the car park. Oh, no. Maybe he was a magician as well. He turned into a car park. He did, yeah. <laughs> there was a big cloud of smoke, a flash of light. <laughs> must have been a new donut wow. shop open, I reckon. And Debbie oh, McGee came out of the smoke. On. Our law and order, okay? They deserve better. Uh, shout out to that man as well if you did work a long shift. And thank you for get racing, rushing home to tune into the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. Uh, it's good to have you. Ryan's never been uh, stopped by a copper in the Northeast, does he? <laughs> <laughs> like Dirty no. Harry with a pepper spray, man. We can arrange it. Oh, no. We can oh, arrange no. it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm looking oh, forward to next week's, uh, next week's show when Dave comes back on and says he's seen the police officer again this thing from a different angle he was, do, you know that, do you know that happened to me once that happened to me once oh, when no. I was on when I was on another radio station and I mentioned something similar they were sitting outside the next night waiting for me oh. followed me all the way home but that was in the old well. days when you know that was the old police not the not the not nice the shiny friendly you know highly efficient effective uh, operationally uh, brilliant police that we have today hopefully they won't follow me now you might be in trouble. Mm. You might be in trouble. Yeah. You could be sitting out there. You could be tuning in right now. If you are that police officer, get in on the WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you Dave's address, phone number, and yeah. any credentials that you need uh, where you can find him. Uh, yeah, my car's the one with the personalised plates that say race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't right, drive, right. lads. That's why I don't mm-hmm. drive. Yeah, not wrong. Not wrong. I didn't know you did drive, Stevie. You dri- Born to be driven, driven, mate. Born to be driven. Yeah. <laughs> he drives there last up the wall. <laughs> yeah, true. Like. And Dave, nothing's changed. And Dave, <laughs> <laughs> that will be that will be etched, mate. 
I'm going to get a gravestone. I'm going to get cremated. But I'm actually going to get a gravestone in Borough just for Dave to drive past as he's driving at fast speed with the police. Yeah, lies, Steve. Nothing's changed. Written in the autobiography, Steve. Nothing's changed. That's it, yeah. That's it. Nothing's changed. Yeah. I love that. I'm sorry. I'm already on to the IP. Uh, platform. I'm I'm trademarking it. Nothing. Oh yeah, it's good lad. It's good lad. Nothing's yep. changed. <laughs> yep. It'd be a good read. It would be a good read. Righto, lads. We need to talk about football. We've got also a lot of other stuff to carry on with for your northeast footy breaky show, lads. Quickly. Wayne Rooney keeps popping up like a Steve Bruce, how's the bacon? He keeps popping up on all these sorts of platforms. He's going on every podcast, trying to get his name out there. He's looking for a job, lads. It's plain and simple. Wayne, our good friend of the show, needs a job. He said that yesterday uh, in an interview with BBC that his plan is to be managing Man United or Everton within the next 10 years. I had a bit of a chuckle to myself on this one, Steve. Wayne Rooney wants to be the manager of Man United or Everton. How much of a chance do you give that happening within the next 10 years under the new Ratcliffe era as well? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be the the president of the United States, but it's not going to happen. I mean, it's... uh... (laughs) Uh, it's it's uh, rubbish. This isn't it. I mean, he, he is deluded. Uh, and like you, you you said it, yeah, you said it earlier on when you were telling people what we're going to be doing on the show. He's he's simply got a good PR agent because he's on everything at the minute. He's on every single program. You name it, he's on it. Um, and uh, you know, he's he's just getting out there and putting his putting his face on TV. And it's got to be the same one as Steve Bruce. You know, they've got the Man United connection um, and Brucey's been on every programme as well. So <laughs> it, it's rubbish. It, you know, there's it, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, he's never going to be good enough to manage Manchester United. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, like, uh, Wayne, but you're deluded, mate. So it's a, it's a simple answer to a simple question. Yeah. It, it, there's no chance, right? There's no chance. Ted, what do you give him? Chances of being the manager of Man United or Everton or even Sunderland? Oh, mate, he's got more chance of being kicked by a snake. It's like, I mean, he's deluded. He really is. Um, Not that, I mean, hey, I don't want to knock anyone for having ambition because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, be ambitious, but, you know, be a little bit more micro ambitious. Who's tapping on the keyboard? I don't know. Who's that? Somebody might be. Somebody's got his typewriter up again. Are you you going to shut the bell on David and start new (laughs) It's Stephen Stephen J. Cannell. Oh. I'm doing. Angela Lansbury, crack on. I'm doing. I, I'm actually. I'm actually. My mic's off. I'm working in the background while you t- you three uh-huh. are just chatting. I'm. Uh-huh. I'm doing. I'm doing what all Mags fans would want to do. I'm just cutting up Steve McLaren. Uh-huh. All right. Oh well, that's there. I'll let you crack on with that because everyone wants that. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm panicking for Rye because yesterday's show ran ran completely on time. It was faultless. I know. And, and I, know. I'm, 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 I can feel Rye getting more you and do. more nervous. It's brilliant, I know. I'm going just going to relax into this answer. Uh, yes. No, honestly, I, I credit to the guy for having ambition, but it's it's not going to happen. And obviously, if he gets the, the Man United or the Everton job, he's never going to be Sunderland manager, so he's never going to manage a big club, or is he? <laughs> oh, well said. Well answered. Well, it's time for a short break. We'll be right back with the North East Footy Brecky Show after this. Keep talking, I'm not ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Steve even said. 
Yes, yes. Okay, I'm ready now. Have you noticed? This only ever happens when Dave's on. How would you? Yeah, because there's only Dave does the work in the background while you guys are talking. Daz is like clockwork, to be honest. Oh, that's it. That's it. It's only taking you 21 minutes to hack me off this morning. Get off. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Any old 80s show? Join me for 80s Mint. Two hours of the best 80s music and memories. Right here, every Saturday night from 9 and Mondays from 6. Thank you very much. I went to the doctor. He said, you've got a very serious illness. I said, I want a second opinion. He said, all right, you're ugly as well. <laughs> I said to the doctor, I said, doctor, I've only got 59 seconds to live. He said, wait over there a minute. <laughs> if Tommy was still here... He'd say taking your heart medicine ain't no laughing matter. It helps you stick around longer. So if you can't get to the docs but have questions about medication for angina, high blood pressure or cholesterol, call the British Heart Foundation Heart Nurses on 0300 333 0333. Just like that. <laughs> Visit bhf.org.uk From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Backlane, Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The red platoon and the cat. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go on. I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast show. Uh, we, it's good to have everybody here, including Dave, who is always good on the button. See what I did there, Dave? Hey, I brought it back. Lied. I'm looking after you. Pay rise. <laughs> Pay rise, mate. Don't worry. You can have two, you can have two times naught. Borough away to Stoke this weekend. Sunderland are away to Norwich and Newcastle home to Wolves. Let's kick it off with Newcastle home to Wolves. You are the home team this weekend across the Northeast, Stevie boy. Uh, Newcastle looking to continue that winning form, obviously taking uh, penalties from Blackburn midweek in the FA Cup. But it is a bit of a focus back on the Premier League to try and push for Europe. Uh, and Wolves obviously going to be a tough test for the tune outfit this weekend at home. Yeah, um, not looking forward to this at all. Um, the way that we played against Blackburn was unacceptable, and there's something not right in the dressing room. It's as simple as that. Um, Wolves are a, a very dangerous outfit. Um, yes, they've got players missing. Uh, they do have Neto. Um, I don't have faith in Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, and Aldi. I don't even have faith in. Uh, I don't even have faith in Newcastle being able to close the guy down. Um, <clears throat> something not right at Newcastle, lads. And whether it's whether it's something that's going on with the manager, whether it's something that's going on with the players, um, or whether it's something that's affecting them, you know, outside of the 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 the. the the training pitch. I, I just don't know. There's, it's so difficult to put a finger on it. There's a lot of there's a lot of noise coming from, you know, uh, parties who follow Newcastle. A lot of a lot of accounts saying lots of things, and it's all rather unsettling. And you know the. 
the unity that Newcastle had last season, and the you know the the fact that you know Newcastle had such a strong uh, a strong work ethic and a strong defence last season, it's it's all just disappeared, and that's strange because those kind of things just don't disappear overnight. Um, we were lucky to get through against Blackburn. Make no make no bones about it, and. If we play like that against Wolves, despite the fact they're missing a couple of key players, I, I really do fear the worst. We've seen Newcastle with their backs against the wall in the past, you know, put in performances. We've just got to hope that Newcastle turn up and do that. But it's it's a you know it's a big mountain to climb. And and should Newcastle should Newcastle lose against Wolves on Saturday, then you know the the atmosphere the atmosphere is going to get worse. Um, you know you've then got. You know, you then got Chelsea away in the league on the Monday, the following Monday, and then you've got um, the the FA Cup quarter final against Manchester City away, and then you've got West Ham at home, which you know again is another it's another big game for for like European qualification. So it's amazing, isn't it? You know, a few weeks back, Newcastle seemed to have found some form after Christmas, and you're looking at the fixtures going. Newcastle looking, you know, Newcastle look as if they could put a run together here, and the fixtures are all in their favour. But it, there's something just not right. And when, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what to put it down to. You know, Ash the Ashworth situation is 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 obviously something which which tells tells us something isn't right behind the scenes. Um, you know, Eddie Howe and he, you know the fact that he wasn't as Involved probably at Blackburn, you know that the, the the extra time team talk was delivered by Graham Jones. The penalty team talk was delivered by Graham Jones. Um, you know, January transfer window when Newcastle couldn't spend or didn't spend anything, despite many of us feeling that there was at least something there to spend. Does that tell you that the owners didn't trust didn't trust Eddie how to spend it? Um, I, you know that there's question marks there. Why did Kieran Trippier suddenly want to go to Bayern Munich? Does he want to leave? Is that something that's caused a, an issue in the dressing room? Has he turned round and said he wants to leave? He's, you know, he's he's getting on. He's he's last. This co- the the next contract will be his last. That you know that that could that would be a seismic change. And those kind of things are the things you've got to look at. You know, is is how's job under threat? Is Kieran Trippier, who's been you know hailed as a talisman since the takeover, is 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 his future at the club under threat? Um, you know, and is this the reason that we're not seeing, you know, the the, the players. Put on, put in a performance that they like, put in performances like they did last year. It's lots of lots of hypothetical questions and lots lots of issues which have been raised. Do the Saudis think Eddie Howe's the man next season? Newcastle don't qualify for Europe. Are they already looking at? Are they already looking at Nagelsmann? Are they already looking at you know Jose Mourinho? Are they already looking at you know Tuchel who's who's going to be free in the summer? You know, are they looking at are they looking at replacements? And is that what the big meeting at Anik was about? Um, you know where. You know, neither Dan Ashworth or Eddie Howe were were, were present. Um, there's, there's just lots of questions, lads, and and, and no and no answers. Um, and that's what makes Wolves and, and any future game at the moment. I mean, it it could be important. You know, qualifying for Europe could keep Eddie Howe in a job. Um, but if Newcastle lose at the weekend, uh, f- football fans, you know, we are we are fickle 
you know, and, and, and unfortunately people are going to start questioning Eddie Howe. Conceded a hell of a lot of goals. We're not playing well. And, you know, people will be saying, is is he the man for the job? Is he is he really the man for the job? He wasn't he wasn't a show in favourite for anyone. You know, when, when we had the takeover, you had lots of people expecting a big name to come in and replace Steve Bruce. Eddie Eddie Howe wasn't that man, uh, but he's done a great job. And and I would say that, you know, in the real world he's he's got credit in the bank, but I'm not sure that that's the way it's going to work. And because these owners, they're not the new owners anymore, but they're still relatively new as far as running our football club's concerned, they haven't had to make a major decision, which you know, which which they're going to have to with this. And I've, I've mentioned it on the show before, lads, they're getting lots of things wrong as well. They're getting lots of things wrong off the pitch. Um, I've just received an email actually last night from the club, um, which did make me chuckle, um, which was a match day atmosphere event. They're inviting fans to uh, talk to the club about how they're going to improve the match the atmosphere. Well, I'll tell you how you can do that, lads. You can get a football team that plays plays well at home. That's how you alter the atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to swear, but I felt like swearing when I saw that come through last night. But um, yeah, it's not. It's I'm not confident, lads. I'm not confident at all. I know we'll do the predictions later on, but I'm not confident about this game tomorrow. And I just hope the lads prove us wrong. Mm, Teddy, a great uh, debrief there from Steve, obviously, about Newcastle and the way they're headed. Obviously, it'll make you smile yep. with delight. Uh, obviously, Ted the Mackham. How uh, you see Newcastle lining up against Wolves and obviously uh, what Steve's had to say? Yeah, uh, as always, good, good, great insight from Steve Like on, on Newcastle. What, what I kind of want to do with this one is, is, is focus on Eddie Howe's opposite number and what a fantastic job that Gary O'Neill's doing at, at that club. I, I think he's... Is pretty much one of the unsung heroes of the Premier League, to be honest, because he's, he's not really like a, a, what you would call a fancied manager. He's not like a, a, a big flashy name or anything like that. But what he's done is he's turned Wolves into a, a very solid, well-organised side. This isn't the Wolves that, that we had a few years back where, you know, you had a, a lot of that Portuguese influence in there. Um, a, a lot of big players have been sold, mainly Liverpool. Um, but, you know, they, they've sold a lot of their big talent. O'Neill's come into that job on the back of, of keeping uh, Bournemouth in the Premier League. Um, he did nothing wrong. He didn't get them relegated or anything like that, but he was still dismissed. And obviously they went down the route of Iriola or whatever they want to do. But Gary O'Neill has really impressed me this season. I, I like the way he talks. Um, he's, he's very honest in his interviews. Um, you, you know, it, in terms of his, his opinions on VAR and things like that, he's, he's forthright without being disrespectful. Um, and I can see why players want to play for him. And, and it, it's showing in their results. That, that obviously, you know, I think they're in ninth at this moment in time. They're one place ahead of you, Steve. Yeah, just jumped above us last like, weekend. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, he's, he's quietly gone about his business, not bothering anybody and just producing a, a, a well-drilled, organised and actually entertaining to watch Wolfside. And it's I, I think this is going to be a real big test for Newcastle United, to be honest with you. Um, I like Wolves. I like the way they play. I, I remember, you know, when they absolutely stormed the championship when they went up. They're a big club as well. You, you've got to give credit to them. Um, they are a... Another one of these sleeping giants who, you know, it, it'll just take a couple of right results and a bit of investment. And they, you know, they could be challenges. And I, I, I don't even joke lightly about that. They're, they're a big, big club. So, yeah, big, big test, um, especially on current form. You've got to say that Wolves are probably edging the form at this moment in time. Three wins at the last five. Newcastle still have some wins in there. Let's not forget. Um, you know, they're, they're not completely out of the race. 
I just see this being whilst you know while that mood still exists that Steve's talking about. I just see a possibility for for Wolves to kind of just go out the, go about their business, let Newcastle kind of not implode. That's that's probably a bit dramatic, but while they're in this sort of state of disrepair at this moment in time, I think Wolves can take advantage, um, and I I think it could be a a bit of a, a funny atmosphere come full time at St James's Park. Mm, that's Ted live from the Molyneux there. Thank you, Ted. Uh, honestly, that was um, <laughs> it's honestly incredible to see. Uh, what's happening uh, with Newcastle? We obviously, I mean, a few months ago, um, it was European football. It was that group of death in the Champions League. It was Newcastle, you know, PIF and the investment that they've got. They now sit in 10th. They've had a draw and a loss in the last two out, outings in the Premier League. They now face Wolves in ninth. If they lose this game, they could see themselves a good 10 points away from 7th, if not 6th as well. Uh, with Wolves ahead of them as well now and creating about of a four, you know, going up to four points as well. Newcastle could finish in 11th by the end of this uh, weekend as well. So it's not great reading if you're thinking Newcastle are going to get European football again. And the time to act is now. The time to start pushing uh, for that European spot is now. We all know what the Premier League is like and it's uh, it doesn't take long to be dragged into... Yeah, uh, uh, an utter mess. Uh, Davey Lad, Newcastle uh, hat home to Wolves. How do you see this one playing out? Um, 9th, 10th. Really tough one for Newcastle, this. I mean, Wolves are really on fire. Um, I mean, if you look at the league table, it'll tell you they've won three out of the last five, but it's better than that when you look at the cup competitions. They've actually won four out of the last five, and that includes wins at Tottenham. Uh, also win at Chelsea in, in that run. So, you know, they're no mugs away from home uh, and they can go to big stadiums and intimidating atmospheres and they can perform. So I think this is a real test, uh, a big test, Steve, for your lot. And um, you're not on the best run of form. Confidence is just a little bit ebbing. Um, but I'm not going to give up hope for you, mate. I'm not going to give up hope for you. Maybe there's a draw going to come out of this one, but uh, a real tough, tough test. And, and you look at Wolves and you think about the, the foreign ownership, the foreign investment that came in in recent years. They've really put their money where their mouth is and, you know, they've, they've built a club. I disagree with you, Ted, about it being a, a big club. It's uh, okay. It can be a big, medium-sized club for me. Um, but what they've done and they've done it, it's a they've big done it club. right yeah I mean they've got that big stand that used to be half a mile away from the touchline uh, at Molyneux but um, but look I think they are on form at the moment and they'd give anybody a run for the money as, as the likes of Chelsea and Tottenham have found out in recent games we heard Ted just talking about Gary O'Neill there but it still sits a bit irky with me Dave obviously ex-Borough lad and the way he was I went about his stuff at uh at the borough, but he has turned into a bit of a strong manager. Obviously, we saw that sacking from Bournemouth in the summer, which was a bit weird. Um, Bournemouth, he, he saved Bournemouth from relegation. You think Bournemouth were going to set up to go again, and then all of a sudden, one day out of the blue, he was he got in the sack. He was picked up by Wolves very soon after that. But do you rate Gary O'Neill like Ted does as a manager? Uh, my, my view on Gary O'Neill is tainted as a borough fan. Um, so, so that's how narrow-minded we are. Um, Look, he's doing a half decent job, so you've got to give him, you know, got to give him credit for that. It would be so easy to walk into a club uh, and perform disastrously as a manager. I'm just trying to think nearby. There must have been a football club where that's happened recently. Um, so yeah, you've got to take your hat off to him and say, look, he's 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 grabbed the opportunity, he's run with it, he's he's performing well. Uh, and if you do that, as we found with Michael Carrick then people will look at you and and you know whether it's fans saying hey, he's doing a decent job the media 
um, or other clubs and think, well, you know, we'll have him. Thank you very much. Uh, you, you just throw yourself really into the spotlight. Mm, it is interesting. Uh, what's I'll up? I'll go to you quickly. Oh, what's oh. up? What's, what's up? up? Morning's first what's up in on 0330-043-2002. And it comes from Jack in Leicester, one of our regulars. Morning, Jack. Morning, Jack. Morning, lads. Hope you're all good and happy Friday. Nice. Um, how about CJ Scoop as a nickname for Craig Johns? Oh, could be a, I like Scoop. that. Could be a, could be a oh. name for a reporter. I like that. I do CJ like Scoop. that. I do like CJ that. CJ Scoop. That's, that's, good. that's got a good jingle name to it as well. CJ Scoop. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well done, Jack. Jack, that's, that's diamond stuff, that mate. Very good. Yep. Yeah, lock that one in, actually. Lock that one in. I'm happy with that. Let's let's trial it on him when he joins us just at 10 past 8 this morning uh, to give us all the latest on the borough. Uh, CJ Scoop coming in with the news. Oh, that is good. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue very nicely. Ted, I was going to come to you quickly uh, just before our next set of breaks. Uh, I, Steve's talking a lot about stuff happening for Newcastle off the field. We've seen, obviously, that Amanda Staveley uh, news We've seen Eddie Howe stepping back and letting, um, you know, assistant coaches take the reins against Blackburn. Has he got to the end of the season, Ted? I think so, yeah. I think that'd be um, it'd be very harsh to do that to him. Um, you know, it, it, as much as it, again, sticks in my throat to say this, the beginning of the season and, and right up until around Christmas, I was hating Newcastle United as strongly as I ever have because, because of jealousy. You know, they, they were performing well. They were they were up there in the league. That you know, they were they were they just beaten Paris Saint Germain four one at home, uh, and I was kind of thinking, oh god, we're going to go through all that again. What I had in the mid nineties, where they're absolutely you know not all conquering because they didn't win anything, but um, but obviously you know the entertainers. They were the big club of the northeast. They were the media darlings. Everyone loved them, uh, and and I was just sick of my life with that to be honest. And I was getting the feeling that that was going to happen again. Um, it hasn't. The, the, obviously, things have tailed off for whatever reason. Um, I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash eventually, of course. But right now, the the kind of the, the gone down on form. But but at the same time, Eddie Howe has done so much for that club, and and like Steve said, he has earned his place to to at least be there until the end of the season. It is strange about the way these these interviews are going, where where the assistant is starting to talk to the team more, and I'm I'm just starting to think. Is Eddie Howe being told that, you know, all right, well, you've got the end of the season, but but we are going to part company? Well, I don't know. It's it's conjecture. It's it's just me putting a, a thought out there. But even in his interviews, I don't know, there's there's a bit of a change. I, I, I love Eddie Howe's interviews. I think he's a terrific man manager as well. And I love the way he talks. But there's just something kind of, there's something reminiscent of the way Tony Mowbray was starting to go just before he got the sack. And, and I can't put my finger on it, but it's, yeah, there's something going on without a doubt. I just wonder whether he's being told that, thanks for everything, Eddie, you've got the end of the season, then we're looking elsewhere. Mm. It's got that feeling. <clears throat> it's got that feeling. Yeah. Whatever happened in Anik stays in Anik. But uh, it's mm. clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly those people weren't invited for a reason. Um, Eddie was asked about it and he went, well, I wasn't invited um, at the press conference. So, you know, I don't think he was at the last one, by the way, but... <clears throat> Decisions will have been made there. There's no doubt about it. And like I say, the Saudis don't like being second. So you know, I think I think I think troubles afoot me. I think I, I think mm. troubles afoot. Certainly for certain certain faces. And I, I think there'll be big changes in the summer. What's up? Uh, what's up? 
Barry, hot on the heels of Jack. Morning, guys. Morning, uh, now is the time for players to show up and be counted. If not, they will get what they deserve in the summer. The club won't put up with failure. So uh, that's uh, that's Barry the Mag who's uh, mm-hmm. chirping in there. Thanks, Barry. Wow. There you go. Thank you, Barry. And thank you, Steve, for the insight. And we'll be watching this one, uh, yeah, with, with eyes glued from the Northeast Footy, Footy Show big perspective is anyhow on his last legs we'll take a short break we bought with the uh we bought with the fourth just finish your dinner show, <laughs> 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 and here i am poised I poised like a like a cobra ready to strike <laughs> and your mouth didn't work mate ads for once ads, <laughs> ads. <laughs> From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. I do apologise for that short break. Uh, I I lost my words. I lost my words. It won't happen again. I promise you, it won't happen again. Uh, it is a Friday it morning. We've got three games of Northeast football coming at you. We've just spoken about Newcastle at home uh, to Wolves, and what will be a tough test for Newcastle. Let's go on to the borough because uh, we do have CJ Scoop, as he's now named. I love that. Coming in just after 8 a.m. to talk to us all about borough. So we'll preview it now to lead into that. Middlesbrough have had a tough, tough run of late. We lost to Plymouth last weekend 2 0 after beating Leicester 2 1 in what you would not be able to predict at all. Uh, Middlesbrough seems to be a team that decides whether they rock up or they don't. And this weekend, they need to rock up. Stoke are sitting in the relegation zone. Uh, they are third last after the new boss, Schumacher, leaving Plymouth, going across. Uh, and he hasn't taken the reins correctly. He hasn't, I don't know what's happened there, but Alex Neal has uh, has done his job uh, and he's sent Stoke uh, absolutely down and Schumacher is trying to right the wrongs there, but he's still struggling to do it. Middlesbrough go in... Uh, not knowing, honestly, as a Borough fan, what we're going to get. We're going to get, to get an amazing performance or something like we saw against Plymouth last weekend. Middlesbrough are better away from home in a good sign of things, but Stoke is no easy uh, easy place to go. We saw Stoke in the reverse fixture coming to the Riverside and thoroughly uh, playing, it, playing us off the park. They passed it around like crazy. It was a classic Stoke game where they just dug in and uh, Middlesbrough couldn't get anything. Middlesbrough will still be with the same team we had last weekend. They'll return of Latte Lath will be a big, big plus. Can we see a striker starting for the first time in a few games? Finally, at the Borough, we hope Arte Lath can start and play a big 90 minutes, but is it too soon? Coming back from injury, time will tell. Uh, as I said in the headlines, Johnny House and Hayden Hackney still out, and that list goes on down the field of the Borough players still missing. Teddy boy, off to Stoke. Uh, obviously, Alex Neal, your ex-mate, uh, did a number on them and then left. Uh, it's now Schumacher's job to right his wrongs. They are now in relegation zone. They are begging for a win. We saw their hero, John Walters, uh, do a, I guess, a cry, a, a rally, a rally cry. I don't know what you want to call it, but he sat down and did an interview with Stoke City during the week as a bit of a, come on, guys, we need to stick together. We need to get this club back to where they belong. And it sort of perked up everyone. It was all over social media as well. But Borough, I mean, if you're going to want to face a Borough team, it's probably right now because we just don't know in terms of what type of Borough team is going to rock up against Stoke this weekend. It's a weird one because um, just getting back to that John Walters thing, getting Stoke 
back to where they belong. I'd say they pretty much are where they belong, aren't they? Ooh, I mean, they're, they're not like they're, they're a nothing club. They've got their fans just seem to have these this delusion of grandeur because they had a couple of seasons in the Premier League that they're they're an all conquering side. They are where they are. They deserve to be where they are. Um, you know, when you go and poach other people's managers uh, and you know. Give it the big one, and apparently have all this money to spend. The third off bottom, and um, maybe even League One. And um, I will not shed an, an emotional tear at all. Um, if they go down, brilliant, brilliant. Because Stoker anti-football. Um, I, I, I can't stand them to be honest with you. So to be honest, I actually hope you you, you thrash them this weekend. Uh, for all it puts you like, you know, level on points with us if you do. Um, yeah, I, I hope you absolutely thrash the pants off them, mate. But getting back to the, the game itself. It's it, looking at the um, looking at the, the the stats and looking at some of the odds. It's very very evenly balanced. Obviously, Stoke are in are in pretty poor form themselves. Very obviously well documented. We know about the the injury problems there, and I I don't think that's making an excuse either. It's 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 just unfortunate, and some of the some of the recruitment maybe hasn't been what you anticipated it was going to be as well, but. Having said all that, normally, I mean, a home team is, is much more fancied than what the away team is, but actually, you are just edging it in the odds for this one, which which is very, very interesting. Uh, Stoke are looking to complete league double over Middlesbrough for the first time since 1994. Um, yep. So, that's, obviously, you've, you've got some sort of form against them. Um, you've won two of your last nine, 19 league visits, though, uh, which, which is a little bit of a, a worry. So... I honestly, it's a tough one to call. Everything about this screams bore draw to me. It's it's just going to be two sides. So Burra are kind of waiting for the end of the season just to arrive now, and then reset. Uh, whatever happens with, with Michael Carrick is is he going to be backed in the summer? You know, from a Burra fan's perspective, I'm sure you're hoping that is the case, and um, because you can't go into another championship season like this. Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves where a Stoke are. And, and Sunderland are no different, by the way. I'm not just saying it because, you know, we're talking about Borough right now. Um, I, I just see a, a really, really kind of dogged, horrible performance from, 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 from Stoke. <laughs> They're going to try and dig in and, and, and eke out a result out of this. And... And when these lower, the lower placed sides is where Middlesbrough seem to come unstuck. They find it difficult to break these teams down. It's, it's you know, the ball over the top and the counter attacks. That that's literally all these kind of clubs have to offer. Um, you know, it's it's not like where you're playing a Sunderland where that suits Middlesbrough because both teams want to play football. This isn't. This is a war of attrition. So, I I just see a, a very very nasty kind of anti football game from Stoke as usual. Um, yeah and. It's just going to be a tough one to call me. I think it's going to be very, very evenly balanced. Mm, very interesting. To, yeah, look, it's interesting completely. Uh, sorry, I've just been shocked. I've just found out that the Socceroos <coughs> Australia are actually coming to Canberra. They've just announced it. My goodness me. I'm going to see Sammy Silvera rather than agree in my own backyard. Oh, my God. I've just lost everything. I've spat everywhere. Uh, Newcastle, uh, Steve, I, I can't even talk. Uh, Newcastle. No. Right. It's okay. Socceroos <laughs> coming to Canberra. It's all right. It's all right. Steve. Hey. Borough going to Wolves. No, they're not. They're going to they're going to Stoke. Middlesbrough are going to Stoke. Uh, obviously, with a bad run of form. You Honestly, guys were having weekend, a go at me earlier in the program. It was me. I've just been shocked. Don't bring me into this. Can you believe it? Don't bring me into this. I'm doing my job uh, correctly. He has. He has. Uh, 
Obviously, Middlesbrough last weekend, that was one of the worst games of football I've ever had to sit through watching Middlesbrough play Plymouth last weekend, going down 2-0, uh, especially after the optimism of that Leicester win. Middlesbrough seemed to be able to play against the big teams very well. And then when it comes to the lower league opposition, with no disrespect, we seem to sort of give it uh, give it away. I guess it's a different change in tactics, different change in personnel. But you can't even argue that because Michael Carrick set the same team up that did win against Leicester. We now travel to Stoke, who are desperate for a win. Absolutely desperate. They've got one win in five. They are third, 22nd, third you know, spot in the relegation battle. Uh, they've had two managers this season with Alex Neal, now Schumacher as well, who they stole from Plymouth after stealing Alex Neal from Sunderland. They're in desperate need of a win, but so are Middlesbrough, because if Middlesbrough continue on this way, we could be dragged into the relegation zone. How do you see this one playing out? I've got to say, I've always enjoyed watching Stoke. I mean, they're such a great team. They uh, play positive football. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to agree with I've got to agree with Ted. Uh, they they are like the antichrist of football. But I think a lot of that's to do with previous managers. Um, you know, in the way that they played the game. Um, you know, the third bottom Stoke. This really, this this shouldn't be a conversation that that ends with you know you saying that Stoke are going to win this game, but. Borough are in poor form at the moment. As Stoke have tried to address things off the pitch, um, obviously they've got uh, Stephen Schumacher, I think, is the, the the manager uh, or, or coach, um, whatever you want to call it. But interesting, interesting to see that they've appointed um, a former Stoke legend, uh, you know, above them now as a interim technical director. Uh, Jonathan Walters has uh, got that job. Uh, so he's been <laughs> he's been going around the club this week speaking to uh, you know speaking to fans and speaking to players and speaking to you know coaching staff and trying to get a feel for for, for where things can be improved. So Schumacher's you know rallying call yesterday was you know that you know the the fans have got to get behind the team. And you know, you know, he says, "Leave it to me. The the, the team will start with the right mentality, uh, but the fans have got to get behind it. The fans can make the difference tomorrow." So, it's all about you know, it 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 it's all about like Ted said, you know, they they're gonna they're just gonna try and kick kick lumps out the bar. I think it's gonna be an aggressive yeah. game. They they're gonna come flying out the traps and try and and, and try and upset you and. Um, you know, it it could happen. I mean, Middlesbrough Middlesbrough did beat Leicester two nil. Um, Leicester Leicester, you know, top of the league, and that that really should be kickstarting Michael Carrick's you know running. Um, and and they should be looking at that as a positive and thinking, you know, we can we can go for this now. Um, but you know, it's not looked like that. So it's a tough game. It's a tough game. I I think this. I I think this will. I think this will be a. It'll just be a game where there's cards galore, but I, I don't think there'll be goals galore. Um, you've got to handle the atmosphere, right? Middlesbrough have got to go yep. down there and handle the atmosphere. Stokes, Stokes ground. It's quite an intimidating ground. I've been down there, and you know, if the fans get behind the team as they can, then that's that. It's how it's how Borough it's how Borough handle that. Um, Stoke have got problems though. The third bottom. And you know they they are fighting a relegation battle. So if Borough can get an early goal, then you know suddenly that atmosphere dies a death, and Borough Borough's got an opportunity. But um, it's not going to be one for the purists, I don't think. And I, I do I do. All the sense, purists. 
or the Pulists. <laughs> I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a. I think this is going to be a niggly game. Um, could be. Could be. A, could be a few yellows, maybe a red. But um, yeah, I, I think. I think it's going to be on as even. I think uh, in this particular game. It is a scary uh, thought, given the the performance we saw last weekend, Dave, against Plymouth, which was ugly, ugly football, to then have Stoke the next weekend, which is naturally an ugly game. I don't know how else to put it, but games against Stoke City, like the lads have just said, it's never pretty. There's always cards. There's always sort of a a team that likes to sit back, never pushes, never runs, uh, and it just becomes an ugly bore affair with one goal making the difference. Middlesbrough's run of form lately has been... Crazy. I mean, you can't keep up with it. We go and beat Leicester away, and then you you lose to Plymouth at home. What do you make of this one away to Stoke this weekend? Well, I tell you what's really pretty. The daffodils are coming up in my garden when I came out this morning. <laughs> I was looking there, and I was thinking, oh, look, spring's arrived. It's, it must be the 1st of March. And there was a, a waxing moon on the horizon just disappearing. And I thought, this is very pretty. And then sadly I started thinking about Borough and the whole outlook for the day changed. Um, uh, Do you know what? The guys are absolutely 100% spot on. This is not going to be a classic. I think that's as positive I can be about the weekend. Um, Both teams are in exactly the same run of form. One win in the last seven. Uh, the difference being Borough's win came, funnily enough, at Leicester City. Work that one out. Uh, Stokes was uh, a 1-0 home scrap against QPR. Uh, but you've got two teams who are absolutely in dire form. So that tells me Stoke City will probably rise to the occasion and Borough won't because it's not Leeds, Leicester or Ipswich or Southampton that they're playing against. Uh, of course, I'd, of course, I want my team to win. Of course... I'm going to say we've got the better squad. Of course, even with the injuries, we're going to put out a better, a stronger 11. And of course, we're going to win the game. But I'm just debating whether I should go shopping with a wife instead on Saturday. <laughs> it is a scary thought. I mean, Middlesbrough can only slide down to 14th after a run of results this weekend if they were to go against them. But, but behind them is Cardiff City uh, in 14th who won last weekend. They're showing a... A late surge. Plymouth Argyle were the team that beat us last weekend in 15th. And then you've got Blackburn Rovers who will be buoyed, I think, by that performance against Newcastle midweek. So we're in, you know, we're in for a long road ahead, uh, Barra, if we start getting dragged down into these lower half of the tables. And then it'll be a real scary end to the season, which I just can't put up with. I just don't want to be sweating looking over the back of my shoulder for the rest of the games I do feel uh, sorry for, I do feel sorry for Stoke because you know they get Borough out the way then they've got to play Leeds Preston Norwich Hull you know they're their next run of games in the wow. league and they're trying to get out yeah. of the bottom three so I do feel a bit sorry for them but I don't you know I really don't want the Borough to become a charity case for the championship mm. I don't want us to give them points because we feel sad for them I want us to tear yeah. them apart and make sure they get nothing in the next five or six games um, yep. But I, I just, I really scratch my head and wonder which Borough's turning up. Yeah. But one, one interesting, interesting thing, if, if you don't mind me dropping it in, we had Steve McLaren on Andy Campbell's show last night on the Red. You know, looking back at Borough's Carling Cup win 20 years ago, which was to the day yesterday, um, and he was talking through about that run, that squad, the players he had at the time. He, he, he then, you know, ventured into, you know, sitting down with Steve McLaren before he signed for the Borough and the conversation that took place and the vision that was painted. And, you know, he was he was in a brighter sort of outlook mood for the Borough right now than, than, than fans are. He reckons that 
they've got everything in place barring one thing. There's just one thing missing, and that's a goal-scoring striker. He reckons, you know, despite the calls for Steve Gibson to finally, you know, give give up the reins of the club, some fans questioning Michael Carrick's tenure. He said, don't change anything. And if look, let's have a listen to the man himself. This is what he had to say about him feeling a little bit positive of where the club is, despite the current run of form. It's so much better, and I'm positive. You know, Steve stayed with the club. He's invested in the club. Uh, Michael Carrick, fantastic, fantastic player, character, and a great coach. Everybody here at Manchester United talks so highly of, of Michael Carrick. You can see that in the way that the team are playing when he first came in and um, at certain spells this season. You've got the right man, you've got the right owner, and Millsborough are not that far, far away. Just need, everybody needs, to go up in the Championship that striker who can score 20-plus goals. So he's a bit more positive than I am. Mm. Oh, I missed that voice. Oh, that was that was like a flashback then of his press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what, Steve? We had we, we got a couple of comments in uh, because, you know, Borough fans, as, as you'd expect, because he has been the most successful Borough manager in history, uh, slightly different to his tenure, just slightly further north on the banks of the time. But one Borough fan... Uh, uh, sent in a quick message and said, Steve, just got to thank you for the Carling Cup win, for the amazing run in Europe, through to the final of the UEFA Cup, and thanks for doing a job on Newcastle. <laughs> which, which I'm just reading them out live as it goes on. And it's only when I got to Newcastle, I thought, well, I, I can't stop now, can I? <laughs> How do you take it? Uh, he, he just giggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did employ him as a uh, our uh, player underscore ID at Newcastle, didn't we? There, Steve. Well done. Now it was good to see him last night talking to Cambo about. What's up? Uh, wait, what's Sorry, up? Sorry, no, finish your line. I, I rudely interrupted. No, it was fine. It was just saying it was interesting to hear him back. And you know what? I hope that Middlesbrough can take this talk of this twenty year on uh, into Stoke City's game. We've seen John Walters come out and give Stoke City a bit of a boost. Uh, this week, well, you know, Middlesbrough don't have to look any further than that 20-year celebration last night for the Carling Cup. If they are current players and the current staff, you know, want to look at the good times about something that they can fall back on, then look no further than that 20 years ago when Middlesbrough beat Bolton. Uh, if we can, you know, take any of that, any of that sort of amazing sort of you know, social media that we've seen of us all reminiscing this week, because we haven't been focusing on Stoke, we've been focusing on 20 years ago. We haven't been talking about this weekend. We've been focusing on, you know, that Carling Cup and what a good day it was for Borough. So Middlesbrough, hopefully, hopefully dig deep and we can get something at Stoke because my goodness, do we need it, Davey. Yeah, yeah. We've got to say good morning this this morning, as every morning, to Daniil. Uh, we've got the message morning, from Daniil. Morning, Daniil. Morning, morning from Jeff. Happy Friday. Uh, last weekend was a hat-trick of disappointments for our three teams. I feel this weekend will be a different story. Remember, Ooh. it's a funny old game, Saint, as Greaves he would say. <laughs> as for Stoke... Is he Welsh? <laughs> Boy, <you're. laughs> As for Stoke, I've always been crap on, uh, on, well, on, on many things. Um, is he including interpretation, uh, well, it, <laughs> impressions. Um, as for Stoke, they are the Wimbledon of the 21st century. A.K.A. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, Boyo. Okay. Well, wow. <laughs> that makes it exciting, doesn't it? Well, anyway, it's time for that morning start uh, that everybody looks forward to. It's the time that we sit down, we sit back, and we wait for Steve Wraith to say that one word that everyone wants to hear at 8 a.m. on the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. Steve? 
news. The red, the tune, the cat, weather. Uh, as if you hadn't guessed by now, it's been a cold start, a bit of scraping on the old windscreens. Uh, but it is going to get up to seven degrees today. The frost will uh, disappear. The patches of mist and fog, which I did see it this morning as I was driving in, will clear. Uh, a band of strong winds, rain and hill snow will arrive in the afternoon. Tonight, that rain and hill snow will linger particularly across the north of the region. Everywhere else, showers continue through the night, winds easing, but remaining cloudy with frost developing by dawn, so stay away from dawn. Your minimum temperature, minus two degrees. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast, with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the the red, the tune, and the cat. The red, the tune. No, the no, no. What are you what? doing? Computer's gone silly again.
one and I'll be the cheeky one. We'll dedicate that to all football managers just before they get the sack. They're always the last to know. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, Delamitri uh, across the northeast on the cat, the red and the tune. Great band. Welcome back. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Last to know there for your morning breakfast. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Ooh, Northeast Fleet Brecky Show. On that note, Ooh. what's up? Yes. Oh, what's up? Ooh. What's up? Teddy, your ears peeled? Because this is winging its way in from uh, uh-huh. Herbert, who's in the Ionian Islands. He's a Toon fan, however, but he does say, Calomina. Oh, Calomina. Happy new month. Yes, happy new month indeed. Calimera e Calimina. Yeah, there you go. And yes, uh, also, what's up? This what's comes, up? This comes in from Lara, who's in uh, still sunny Thorpe Thule. She says, I'm going to watch Abba Voyage in the big smoke. So I'm hoping my inability to watch or listen will bring the borough luck. It's, uh, well, it's, it's a bit sad when we've all really got to try and work our way around on how we can break the hoodoo and bring borough luck, isn't it? It's like, yeah, like a bit of wrong. an SOS, isn't it? Do I have to wear that same pair of socks I wore last <laughs> you time? You need a we super won? trooper up front. <laughs> I tell you what, mate, it's been great knowing me, knowing you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> me and Steve couldn't Jeez. get to the mic quick enough there, like that. <laughs> well, Genuinely one. one of our comedy heroes. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, done very well there. Well done. Well, we've got CJ Scoop awaiting to be on the line. I'm not sure if he is there, Dave. All right, I'll get him now. Get him now, you. you All right. Uh, He did want to be on. But, uh, lads, we got to talk to CJ Scoop this morning about everything with Burra. Uh, He was obviously in attendance yesterday with the Michael Carrick press conference. He asked Michael Carrick yesterday uh, all about him staying on for a new contract. And Michael gave him a bit of stick back. It was quite funny to watch. Michael Carrick wasn't too impressed with his questioning. He said, mate, you're just looking for news that isn't there. Uh, and he said that uh, I'm happy here. I love it. I love it. I love it. He said it two or three times uh, just to sort of corral the questioning to come to an end. Uh, it's always a good battle between him and CJ Scoop. I do love it. Uh, he was also asked about the injuries uh, to Borough as well. And Middlesbrough have continued to be plagued by injuries this season uh, with Carrick admitting yesterday that Johnny House might be back towards the end of next week, but would have to be careful because it will just be to training. But Hayden Hackney likely to be that somewhat of what's happened to Jack Clark over at Sunderland. We're talking five to six weeks, potentially season ending. But he always keeps his cards close to his chest, does Michael Carrick. He doesn't give too much away. So it'll be interesting to talk to CJ Scoop. Uh, we'll get him on the line and then we'll have a chat, obviously, to him. And then after that, we'll get into the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show Club headlines, where we'll go to the three clubs, get your what's making news around there. We've obviously got to break down Sunderland away to Norwich as well. We'll get the lads' predictions and we'll bring it into a nice, neat little package in this last hour of the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Dave, have we got him on the line? No. No. That's the answer. Okay, I think Good we've talk. lost Dave as well. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here, but, uh, but CJ Scoop isn't yet. Okay, Ooh. all right. Well, let's go to club headlines then. We'll go to that first. Lads, let's cross around the three Northeast football teams, see what's making news for your three clubs this Friday morning, the 1st of March. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. This Saturday, season, Newcastle United play a third successive Premier League home game in the non-televised 3 o'clock slot when Wolves travel to St James's Park. United are winless in four Premier League fixtures since a 3-0 victory over Fulham in December. They've had defeats to Nottingham Forest, Manchester City and they were followed by draws with Luton Town and Bournemouth. 
Nick Pope, Joe Linton, Callum Wilson, Matt Target and Sandro Tonali all remain sidelined. But Sven Botman is expected to return after missing out on Tuesday's FA Cup tie at Blackburn Rovers. The threat of a two-match Premier League suspension continues to hang over Bruno Gomorrez, who's been on nine bookings for the last five games, and Anthony Gordon is two Premier League yellow cards away from suffering the same fate. Ahead of their trip to Tyneside, Gary O'Neill's side defeated Brighton and Hove Albion 1-0 in the FA Cup fifth round on Wednesday night. That looked to have come at a cost though, with Premier League top scorer Huang Hee-Chan forced off with the injury, as was Mario Lamina after netting the winner. Second top scorer, Matthias Kuna, is already ruled out until late March with a hamstring problem. Wolves are unbeaten away from home in six Premier League and FA Cup games since mid-December, winning four and drawing the other two. Their Premier League wins came at Brentford and Chelsea and Spurs with a 0-0 draw at Brighton. A third attempt will be made to play Newcastle's delayed Northumberland Senior Cup tie against Bedlington Terriers on Tuesday, March the 12th. The kickoff is 7.30 at Whitley Park and the winners will travel to Ashton in the semi-final of the competition. A new date has been announced for the under 21 Premier League home meeting with West Brom, which was originally due to be played on Saturday, April the 6th. That'll now go ahead on the Friday night, the 5th of April, with a 7 o'clock start at Whitley Park. And congratulations to Matty Longstaff, who's just signed a contract at Toronto FC. Uh, he is there till 2025 with an option for 2026. Uh, that's pending his medicals and international transfer certificates. He turns 24 this month and he's been sidelined since damaging his ACL while on loan at Colchester United. Uh, Newcastle, of course, did help him with his rehabilitation, uh, but we wish him all the best. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday the 1st of March. Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News. Morning Sunderland fans and happy Friday. Sunderland make the 250 mile trip to Carroll Road on Saturday to face Norwich City in the Skybet Championship and will be backed by yet another sellout away following. Danny Bath is available to face his former club. The defender departed for your side last summer after making 55 appearances during an 18 month spell at the Stadium of Light. The last time the two sides met, goals from Trey Hume, Dan Neil and Jack Clark sealed an impressive 3-1 comeback victory for the lads. Streaming passes are available to anyone outside of the United Kingdom, although some restrictions do apply depending on the country you're trying to buy from. Streaming passes, of course, are always available to purchase from the club website. Mike Dodds confirmed that Corey Evans is back in full training, though we are unlikely to see him in action for a while after spending over a year in the treatment room. However, two players that we could see back on the pitch very soon are Adji Alessi and Bradley Dack. Adjielessi has spent a large chunk of his Sunderland career on the sidelines, having only made his first appearance of the season in a 2-0 win over Preston North End on New Year's Day. The defender only lasted two starts before suffering another injury and has since spent over a month injured. Meanwhile, Bradley Dack hasn't had much luck either, enduring two different injuries since joining on a free transfer last summer. And finally, Sunderland youngster Tom Lavery says his call up to Mike Dodd's senior squad last weekend was a dream come true. The 18-year-old Academy of Life graduate was named in the Black Cats Matchday squad to face Swansea City in the Championship last Saturday and watched from the bench as his teammates succumbed to a 2-1 loss. Speaking to the Sunderland website, Lavery said, It was a dream come true when I found out. The, sun the result didn't go our way, but the whole experience for me was top. Just being on the pitch at half-time and seeing the fans clapping and then when I'm warming up, it was a great experience and I'm hoping to get more in the future and I'm looking forward to it. There are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good.
Good morning, beautiful Borough fans. Happy Friday. Michael Carrick is keen to extend his stay at Middlesbrough and sign a new contract with positive talks understood to have taken place between the head coach and the club's hierarchy. Michael Carrick told reporters yesterday that I wouldn't say it's a major in terms of a big deal. It's not a big deal for me. I'm happy here. I'm relaxed about it. Everyone is clamoring for news on something. Nothing has changed. I'm here. I love it here. I'm enjoying it. George Friend penned a special mention for Middlesbrough FC yesterday as he announced his retirement from football. Taking the immediate position of football director at Bristol Rovers, Special George wrote a special mention to be given to Middlesbrough FC. He said, what I achieved, felt and experienced there was more than football. Thank you. My dream was to play in the Premier League and I got to do that. Plus, walking out as captain is my proudest moment of all. Brings a tear to my eye, Georgie boy. And finally, Michael Carrick revealed yesterday that whilst Johnny Housen might be able to return to training later next week, it's worse news for Hayden Hackney, who is a little bit further down the line. Both Johnny and Hayden haven't been missing, sorry, haven't played since twisting their knees against Preston and Borough are still currently without Izzy Jones, Dale Fry, Josh Coburn, Alex Bangura, Dara Lenahan, and Tommy Smith, adding obviously Hayden Hackney and Johnny House into that list. And we wonder what's happened to this season with that list. My goodness me. Borough travelled down to Stoke City, who's hit a relegation after a shocking run of form under new boss Schumacher after he took over from Alex Neal. And Borough are desperate for three points to be not be dragged into similar circumstances. Come on, Borough! You can do it. That's your Borough headlines. And if I may just add one more, uh, Steve McLaren talking on the red yesterday to Andy Campbell. Um, he's basically saying, Borough fans, I know it's tough at the moment, but you've got all the ingredient, ingredients barring one for the team to really turn its form around. You've got the right man, you've got the right owner, and Millsborough not that far, far away. Just need, everybody needs, to go up in the championship. That strike who can score 20 plus goals. Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't got Scoop at the moment. He's uh, might be a little bit preoccupied getting that next Scoop is CJ, but we will get to him if he can get on the line. But we will continue on with the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show here. We've got to talk Sunderland. Uh, Ted, we'll take this after uh, the break as well because it is a big test for your lads. Obviously, Mike Dodd's in charge there. But the big news this week was obviously Jack Clark confirming that he will be out for the next five to six weeks, potentially towards the end of... Uh, of the season. It does unfortunately mean uh, Sunderland will be without their star player uh, for the foreseeable future and it leaves Dodds with a massive, massive task. Going to Norwich away is never an easy e- uh, easy job and unfortunately Sunderland's form of late hasn't been the greatest but are you hoping or are you thinking Sunderland can get anything against Norwich this weekend, Teddy Boy? Yes, I see. Just because CJ Scoop's got other matters in hand, you're going to put me in instead. I see. I see how it works what? now, right? All right, because right. we've got a WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Would you like me to? Would you? Would you like me to intervene? Oh, sorry, I, I didn't realise Sunderland was still a League One club and it didn't matter. All right, okay. Oh no, crack on, crack on. No, oh, oh, I tell you, I tell you. Imagine, you know, Steve, what, imagine was... what it'd be like if they won a big cup, that, that lot. Oh, it's 20 <laughs> years since we won something. Oh. 
Dear me. How long is, how long is 73 away from the present day? Uh, 10 years. How many have pickups you will make? How many times you won the league? Uh, years, Just have a look through. 90 look. years. 110 years. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, good morning, by you, the way. You still first, covered the game. First time WhatsApper. First time WhatsApper is, is Matty. Morning, guys. Hope you're morning. doing well. Morning. Would Ted take Steve Bruce as Sunderland's new director of football? I reckon he'd do a canny job. So moving on about the game on Saturday, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm not even going to grace that with an answer. I saw something ridiculous about that, and well, yeah, I, I, I sent me responses here. I don't know whether you read them out. Uh, yeah, one of your other showbiz mates on, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, it's not Daz. It's not Daz in the chair, mate. No, no, true enough. Like, I, I, well, it was yesterday, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Sunderland-Norwich game, but Steve Bruce in any capacity in Sunderland, other than having some sort of butcher's stall in Jackie White's market, it's a big no for me. Mm, yeah, I think it's a big no for most people. We'll come back and we'll cover Sunderland uh, away to Norwich right after these short break. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Backlane, Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The Red, the Tune, and the Cat. Clark. My debut 1990 September. Bristol City away to get that opportunity. What thousands of Geordies only dream of. Hignett. Playing against Chelsea and, and to score the first goal there is something that still lives with me now and it's what most people will talk to me about. Williams. A first goal for Sunderland away at Leicester. It was a left foot volley. I didn't realise my left foot was for kicking the ball with as well. I thought it was just for standard. Across the North East, it's the three legends. Fridays at 6 on The Cat, The Red and The Two. The Cat, The Two and The Red. You're back, boys. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakage Show. Happy Friday, everybody. The week is done. We are into March now as well. I cannot believe it. We are already three months into this year. It is crazy. Not long left in the season. And Sunderland away to Norwich this weekend uh, to complete the three teams for the Northeast. We've covered Newcastle. We've covered Borough. Uh, it's now time to talk to Ted the Mackham about Sunderland away to Norwich and what they would be looking for, just like the Borough, a desperate three points, Teddy boy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the big news this week was, was Jack Clark's injury. I just want to talk about that for a second because when that injury first happened and when he, you know it was looking like he was going to be out for the, at least the Swansea game anyway, nearly everyone online was saying he's going to be out for about five weeks. Apart from the club, didn't see it. Now, as it transpires later on, obviously, you know, the news was, okay, he's only missing for the Swansea match. We're hoping to have him back. Then further down the line, it transpires, it is going to be five or six weeks. And I just wonder, the same happened with the Michael Bale thing when it was announced that he was sacked. Everybody announced it before Sunderland Football Club did. Can you get a this like... <laughs> Always the last to know. Exactly, mate. Exactly that. I just feel there's something offish with the um, with the communication coming out of the club right now. I'm I'm not comfortable about the the whole Jack Clark thing. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not going to throw accusations. Of course, I'm not. But there is a suggestion by some fans on online, and and you know, 
amongst the bars and pubs of, of the great northeast. The Jack Clark's injury may not be as bad as we feared, but he's being kept fresh and out of problems so that it can be sold in the summer without any glitches in, in physical uh, ailments and things like that, which I can kind of see where they're coming from on that, to be honest with you. Uh, you want to protect your, your your biggest assets or your biggest sellable assets um, because, you know... Hey, it, what are you doing after breakfast? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Honestly. <laughs> Take his boxing gloves off him, will you? <laughs> I'm trying to fix the computer because it's not working. Things are going crazy. <laughs> Open Sorry, Chrome. It's, it's, it's called a fader, not Go a violent on. announcement. <laughs> no, no, no. Go on, Ted. Oh, Ted's going to hit Anyway. Oh, it's all right. I, I don't hate anyone, um, apart from Steve Bruce. Um, yeah. Listen, listen. And yeah. A few other people, but no, it's. I can see where the fans are coming from. It, it, it's, it's a little bit weird that uh, the, the timing of it all. It does look like it could potentially be a case of let's let's keep him out of problems. A small injury to the ankle can mean you know can not a million or two million off a price tag. So you know from a sellable asset point of view. However, this is this is really really last chance saloon for Sunderland um, in terms of any kind of playoff ambition. Keep you know, win today. You maybe keep the hope alive. Uh, sorry, win tomorrow. Win tomorrow. You, you keep that hope alive. And what we've got to do then is basically try and plug away and get points out of almost impossible situations. Because obviously, on the horizon, we have Leeds, we have Leicester coming up after this as well. Which ain't you know, it ain't no picnic, really, is it? No. Um, no. But if we can sort of muster, I don't know surprise people and get another four points out of that that keeps us in touch we've got to keep in touch with our pack with, with that pack only a win will suffice at Norwich um who are in in reasonably good form the only thing is for Norwich is they don't tend to do well against us when they're at home we have the advantage I think we've won the last three times there um yep and yeah and it's I, I just feel like if we are going to get back on track, this is the place to go and do it. I don't think a point's enough. I think a, a point at Norwich, because of where they are in the league and the, and the points tally, we've got to beat them. We've we've mm. absolutely got to beat them. And Mike Dodds, who, who, I, who I like, um, I think he speaks very, very well. He's got to get this right. He's got to get this right tactically because he, he really, really didn't against Swansea. He absolutely, yeah. you know, he, he screwed the pooch on that one, big style. Um <laughs> It's, it's, all this messing around with three at the back or three centre-backs, all this sort of thing. No, ditch it. Do what you're good at and put round pegs and round holes. You know, Give Mundle his chance on the left wing. That's what he was bought in to do. He's been bought yeah. as the replacement for Jack Clark. We know that. Yeah. Now, Jack Clark wasn't as good as Jack Clark is now when we first got him. Because I remember that Clark was actually dropped for the playoff final in at, at Wembley for the League One playoffs. You know, and, mm. and Elliot Embleton was preferred. So... You know, there's a development path there. I really, really like the look of Mundle. I, I keep banging on about this. I'll bang on about the page that I write for as well. I like the look of Mundle. He's a much more physical player than Jack Clark. And I, I think there's there's a player waiting to emerge there. He'll need refining and he will need time, Sunderland fans. He will need time. But this kid's going to come good, I'm telling you now. And what an opportunity it is. I mean, it's it's rumoured that Rig is going to appear a lot more. Um, whether that's at the expense of Job, we don't know. Um, because there's this fascination with still overplaying an 18-year-old kid who's just played far too much football and is burnt out. 
it is starting to get people on his back. People like me when I'm over emotional and had four pints of Guinness, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, but then take a load of flack off it on t- on Twitter as well. But anyway, that's by the by. I think we can go there with it if we have the right attitude. Yet again, the, the way back in is just phenomenal. That's that's a hell of a trip to go on to get Norwich and back. It's a serious hike that. Um, so well backed by the fans. An opportunity for some of the the fringe players to come in, and and already Dodds is sort of dipping into the academy. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Young Lavery earlier on. He's he's been on the bench the last couple of games. Let's give these lads a chance. Let's they'll they'll want to seize the opportunity. They want to be the next Jack Clark. You know, and the academy is producing some exceptional young talent at this moment in time. Let's give them the opportunity, and I I think we can go there, and I think we can surprise Norwich. Yeah, I th- I'm interested to see this one because obviously this is the one where you need to start. These are the teams you're going to need to beat, isn't it, Teddy Boy? I mean, Sunderland obviously in 10th, but Norwich and City uh, mm-hmm. sitting in 7th. If you want to be in those playoffs come the end of the season, uh, like Sunderland are hoping to do, uh, then Norwich is the teams you've got to beat. Sunderland, uh, unfortunately, uh, throwing away games late, lost the last three, where Norwich, on the other hand, have uh, won three, drawn twice. Uh, but as you said, Norwich are very, uh, very uncharacteristically uh, strong against you guys at home, which is funny enough. But I just wanted to bring you back yeah. to that Jack Clark point before I go throw it over to Steve for his thoughts. Jack Clark, for me, I think I've seen these rumours. I've seen it on social media, and I've seen the same sort of rumours headed towards Hayden Hackney. So I'm sort of familiar with what you, you what the you know what's being said, obviously about you know they're putting him on ice to to sell them in the mm-hmm. summer. I see what you mean with in terms of that the injury could derail or you know cost a future club a bit more money. Can not playing also have that same effect, though? Um, potentially, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, while you're while you're scoring goals and while you're creating goals, you're in form, um, and, and it's it's habit forming, isn't it? Uh, when when you're doing well, uh, yeah, I, I see what you what you mean. But former temporary class is permanent, mate, and and I, I think they would rather you know risk him kind of sitting out a few games. And, and letting them come back gradually um, because a, another team is going to get the best out of them anyway. You know, to all intents and purposes, it looks like West Ham at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, with an ankle knock, that, that seriously devalues. So putting them on ice and letting them be slightly off form is probably the, the favourable outcome at the end of the day on that one. Okay, fair enough. Steve, obviously Sunderland looking to stay in that promotion uh, playoff race, uh, Norwich sitting in seventh. That's where Sunderland want to be, if not even further up. Uh, tough test for Sunderland, though, given the run of form lately. And, uh, yeah, having Dodds as their coach now, they need a big win. You know what? I, I can't see it. I mean, Norwich are in good form at the moment. Um, you know, that you just look at the last few fixtures. They drew 1-1 with Blackburn, um, 4-1 win against Cardiff, um, you know, 4-2 win against Watford. 2-2 away to QPR, difficult place to go. You know, the form's good going into this game. Uh, you know, the, as we've been discussing these three fixtures, I think it's... I think we could be looking at another Monday morning of, of doom and gloom, lads. Um, it's not, you know, it's it's not a great game, this, for, for Sunderland to go into, and especially with the hammer blow losing Jack Clark this week. Um, I, I think this is a... I think this is a nightmare trip for Sunderland. Um... Not looking good at all. Uh, I just think Norwich, Norwich is Norwich isn't a great place to go at the best of times. 
I think it's no. you know, yeah, it's it's not it's it's, it's an awkward ground. I to thought play you meant at. for a night out because <laughs> it's crap for that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all thatchrews and everything. But no, it, it's exactly. it's not the greatest place to to you know, to go when your form's not on when you're not on top form. And I, I can't see anything other than a Sunderland defeat in this game. I really can't. But I just think the the hangover that they've got from losing Jack Clark is is you know is is, is going to hit them hard. Um, uh, you know, I know that you know there's there's hope that there's somebody can come in and replace him. You know, there's one or two options that Sunderland have got, but it's not going to give you the same. It's not going to give you the same firepower that you that you had or, or the creativity they had with with Jack Clark. So, yeah, I, I fear the worst for Sunderland, but then I fear the worst for everybody this weekend. Um, you know, Borough's probably got the most chance of getting something out of the game at the weekend. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it's this is an awful fixture. Fan. This is all. This is an awful <laughs> fixture. Yeah, I'll let you do the doom and gloom about Borough. Uh, it's it's not. This isn't. This isn't a game for Sunderland to, to 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 get three points. I don't think. I think this is a this is a hard one. Yeah, tough game for Sunderland. Yeah. It is a tough game, isn't it, uh, Radio Dad? We've got obviously Sunderland looking to try and stay in touch with that playoff position. Norwich in that position. They are sitting in seventh. They've had a good run of form. They've got three wins and two draws in the last five. They're coming off a big win against Cardiff two weeks ago where they won 4-1. They drew with Blackburn, won all uh, in their last outing. They've got Josh Sargent, who is uh, back and firing. He is an absolutely incredible striker looking to climb those charts. It all bodes for an ugly sort of afternoon for Sunderland. It does. It does. Uh, I think Sunderland are in the same position Borough were uh, two or three weeks ago, which is, you know, they're, they're in a higher position. They, they, they can still sniff a promotion playoff place, but I think it's gone. Uh, I think from from a Sunderland and a Borough perspective, they're in the same mid-table scenario, which is uh, look for next season, build for next season, use what's left. Uh, obviously, you're still going to entertain the fair-paying passenger, um, but at the same time, use what you've got now to start planning uh, for next season. I'm sorry, Ted, to write you off, mate, but uh, I think this is a toughie. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, mm. and, if, and if we were looking at the three... Um, for surprising results other than... Well, it wouldn't be a surprise if the Borough went down to a defeated Stoke, I've got to be honest. But if you were looking for the surprise result, you wouldn't be looking at Sunderland to do Norwich, would you? No, I don't think so. Ted, obviously with Sunderland, we saw last weekend them going to a Act 3, uh, which was a surprise to many. Dodsey obviously trying to try a few new things. What's to the players by saw, the look of it? <laughs> you saw as well this week... We spoke about the bad news of Jack Clark, but one good news story I thought that came out of the club this week was the return of Corey Evans to the training pitch as well. Uh, do you think that can do anything for Sunderland's confidence? Absolutely colossal difference that makes. And I, I'm telling you now, this this is what I mean. If we can, if, and it is a big if, um, if we manage to sneak a win down at Norwich, if we manage to keep in touch with that pack and getting Clark and Corey Evans back, who knows what would happen? Because Corey Evans is a huge influence on that team. And he's every fan knows it. He's been such a miss for the last year. Even, you know, all right, we, we, we did well to get in the playoffs. We went on a great run towards the end of last season as well without him. But with Corey Evans in the side, we are a different animal altogether. The, that lad, he keeps the, he, he glues the team together. He's a, a massively influential player. Doesn't do a lot. He does a lot of what I call the donkey work. Um, and, and, you know, by that, I mean, like, sort of, a, Steve will remember, a David Batty type, you know, a, a, yeah. a Paul Ince type. Win the ball, pass it five or ten yards. Those kind of players, 
never mind strikers, those kind of players are, are the ones that should be going for hundreds of millions of pounds because they're, they're massively influential. And I just feel that if we get Corey Evans back, we just manage to kick on towards the end of the season and don't rule us out the playoffs just yet. Just yet. If we get beat on Saturday, then of course, just tear it up and start again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, is it is it scary to think? I get, no, is it a weird question to ask Ted to see Corey Evans before the end of the season, given how much time he's had off? Um, I know, I know. Obviously, he's, he's working very hard to get back to fitness, and it's it's been a, mm. a long old struggle. But he's got a couple of months left to kind of, you know, I think where is he? But now about 32, 33 years old. Mm. Um, without a doubt, is the he out of contract on, on the books? He's out of contract in the summer. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah. you know, it, let's let's see. I know he's had his problems with injuries. I know he had a, a torrid time at Blackburn as well. But when he plays, he plays. And and the the side just look all the better for it. Um, so yeah. I'd I'd love to see him back, even if it's for a handful of games towards the end of the season. Just you know, just to to, to get him a move. I, I don't think it'll be to a championship club. To be honest, if if he's not kept on at Sunderland, I think he's probably going to look at even hanging up the boots or dropping down a little bit. But yeah, I'm sure he'll want to give up one last hurrah before he he finishes his time at Sunderland without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think so, and I think we should obviously see. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a Sunderland captain be able to sort of have a swan song rather than having to go out, uh, unfortunately, you know, without being able to play. So fingers crossed that we can see a Corey Evans in a Sunderland shirt before the end of the season Definitely. because, yeah, he's been an instrumental player for Sunderland and hopefully even him just on the bench in a coaching capacity or something like that next to Dodsey, I think could make a massive boost. Uh, maybe he was in and around there, obviously just coming back from injury, but knowing that he's back on the training field, that can only do wonders for Sunderland. And it'll be a massive game, massive test for them against Norwich and Dodds. Uh, and I hope for Sunderland's sake, uh, he's learned that that back three doesn't work, just like Michael Carrick. Yeah. <laughs> Righto, lads, we have finally gotten CJ Scoop or Craig Johns uh, on the line. He has joined us this morning. Uh, we have, Craig, I've got to fill you in, mate. We've come up with a nickname for James Copley of Sunderland Echo. Uh, that's Jimmy Coppers. So we put it out to the listeners uh, and got us a nickname for you. And it came in with CJ Scoop. So good morning to you, CJ Scoop. How are you? <laughs> morning, lads. How are we doing? <laughs> you can't, you, morning, we, we can't do anything normally on the show, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> It's great to have you on, mate. Thank you for joining us. And apologies to take up time in your morning. But it has been a big week for Borough, obviously heading to Stoke City this weekend away. Uh, you were in the press conference yesterday with Michael Carrick asking him about his contract, obviously the injuries to Johnny Housen uh, and Hayden Hackney. Just let us know uh, what's the latest on Michael Carrick's situation in your eyes in terms of a contract. So, yeah, so he, he kind of played it down yesterday, didn't he? No drama he on his part, which is very much Michael Carrick, calm in, in pretty much all situations, really, isn't he? But uh, as, mm-hmm. as as I understand it, it, he's actually, you know, talks have been ongoing for for a little while now and um, and they are quite close to, to agreeing an extension, it seems. Uh, you know, Middlesbrough are quite keen uh, to, to have him commit to a, a longer-term contract there you know, want that continuity, want that um want that stability as well, which has been lacking for a for a little while now at Middlesbrough, hasn't it? And um and you know, as Michael did see in the press conference, he he's really enjoying it here. He loves it. Um, you know, he buys in as well. I think 
probably a bit scarred from the way things went with with the last mm-hmm. manager and, and probably the the manager before him. Um, some will have you believe that um, you know he's been let down by the club and things like that in, in in the transfer market. But but actually, you know, he he understands. He's here. He buys in. Um, and and as he said, he's really enjoying it here. So he seems very willing to sign that uh, contract extension. Mm, and it would be exciting times for Baratas to know that Carrick's committed for a long-term picture. It sort of gets away from that summer sort of worry of uh, losing the likes of Hayden Hackney. On, on that as well, Hayden Hackney uh, unfortunately was confirmed yesterday that he's a bit further away. Uh, Carrick telling you that he probably still got a few good weeks after twisting that knee. Um, do you think there's a chance we will see him by the end of the uh, by the end of the season? Yeah, the suggestion is that it won't be season ending for him, but it, it certainly seems. I mean, when you think, what are we now? Is it 13 games left, and he's going to be a good few yeah. weeks? Uh, it's certainly going to be the other side of the international break, and you know, then you see, you're looking at he's got to come back, he's got to you know start training again and build himself up again. So. Yeah, particularly with someone like Hayden who's going to be so important next season, you hope. Um, you're not going to kind of rush him back here and, and risk him, you know, doing longer-term damage to that knee. So I think, you know, maybe he might play the last couple of games, maybe even as just a sub. But I think, you know, similar with Daryl Lennon, who's who's kind of hoping to be back before the end of the season, um, you're going to be kind of bringing them back to give him a bit of a platform to then go into the summer and come back for pre-season, kind of, you know, fully fit and firing, I think. I don't think they're going to have major roles to play now this season. Mm, it does seem to be that Borough, obviously, with that loss to Plymouth, uh, sitting 13th in the table, that it's now 11 points off of the playoffs that we're actually <laughs> closer to sitting to that of Stoke this weekend, who sit third bottom. Uh, Carrick obviously said to you yesterday the players are still looking up and they believe we have still have much to play for this season. Are you at any belief that the borough can do anything this season? Um, I, I can't see it now. If I'm honest, I always like to be positive. I always like to to believe it can. And I think until the Plymouth defeat, I always still was, particularly after Leicester as well. I think that reinvigorated that hope for most people that something could happen. But you know, I think even if it is still possible in terms of you know, you never know in the championship, all it would take would be three or four wins, and suddenly you could be right back in the mix. But the evidence of what we see from Borough now, in terms of you know, it's the same things that are letting them down every week. There's just been no consistency throughout the season. I just, I can't personally say at the moment where they're going to get that run of kind of four or five wins that would potentially bring them back into contention. I think, I think now you're asking too much. And I think, you know, the damage that really is the fact that they actually are closer to the, the bottom three at the moment than they are the top six. Um, and I think in my head, I'm, I'm telling myself that. Yeah, they're not going to be dragged into a relegation battle. The thirteenth in the table, even if they lose on Saturday at Stoke, which you know hopefully not. But even if they were to, there's still too big a gap. There's still too many teams in between them, you know, to kind of protect them from being dragged into a relegation battle. But if I'm saying that in one breath, then I can't be telling myself in the other that they're able to climb up and and challenge for the top six. Um, the two don't marry up to this. So, so I think realistically, I think this season's probably now just about you know kind of laying foundations and and ending the season as strong as possible to to take into next season. I think. 
And I think that's a view that, uh, that that's held by fans on the street, which is it's now building for next season. Are you, are you seeing anything or hearing anything in the press conferences that can tie that together? For, so you you know you get the feel that the club themselves are now looking to prepare for next season. Yeah, I think so. I think particularly in things like team selection, I think you know Michael Carrick. I don't think anybody at the club, Michael Carrick in particular, could admit it. Could I don't think you would want uh, with thirteen games to go, kind of sit in front of the camera and and see. It. Listen, this season's gone now. Um, I can totally understand why publicly, you know, he's got to give that kind of you know message that we're still got a lot to play for, hasn't he? And still. Um, you know, still going to win and still looking up and all of these kind of messages that he will give. But I think, you know, if you look at something like, you know, when we talk about his, his kind of formation that he's playing at the moment, the fact that I think this season they probably have done better with the back three. And I think, um, you know, I think you can still play that in an attacking way. You can have, you know, the third centre-back coming out a bit more like they did. Um, obviously, at Leicester, they played a completely different style with the back three because that was to protect against Leicester. But I think one thing that Borough have been so often is so easy to counter against. They're so weak on the transition. I think that extra centre-back could help them, but it's not how he wants to play long-term. Um, you know, he wants to play in this kind of... I know we, we talk about formations. He doesn't really like formations. Michael Carrick, it's, you know, it's kind of a fluid 4-2-3, but he really doesn't, you know, put in, put numbers on it like that when, he, when he, he does say that often and he doesn't. But it is the easiest way on a kind of tactics board to classify it as a, a fluid 4 2 one. And um, that's clearly what he likes. It's clearly what he wants. So many of these players are still going to be here next season, which is the important factor that wasn't there at the end of last season. So I think in terms of, you know, sticking with that, even though at the minute it's not quite working because, you know, there's key players missing from that team who are either injured or going to have to come in in the summer transfer window. And I think ultimately that's why, you know, we're seeing him stick with it and not be a bit more flexible because he's, he's, he's ultimately thinking about next season. Mm, it doesn't make it good for good good showing, does it? Obviously, that game against Plymouth last weekend was arguably one of the toughest that I had to sit through. But in more exciting news, or more, I guess better news this week, uh, CJ, uh, we were able to look CJ. back twenty years ago to CJ uh, Scoop. So CJ scoop. Uh, we were able to look back twenty years ago, mate, and look on that Carling Cup victory. They had the Town Hall uh, event last night, where we saw some of the legends return to the T side, uh, and obviously that BBC. Uh, brilliant podcast, uh, which was an amazing listen as well. Uh, hoping uh, that was a good feeling. Is there any memories you have of that Carling Cup win? Yeah, do you know what? Obviously, it's it's no secret. I'm, I was a childhood Man United fan, um, but all my family were from East Cleveland. Like, my gran was in Saltburn, and, and we used to go there every weekend because, obviously, my mum and dad moved up to Sunderland before I was born, um, and, and that's why I'm actually from Sunderland. My mum moved That's why you've got that twang, and, and, Craig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my mum moved up here to uh, to, uh, to work for the NHS, and she's she's just retiring now. Funnily enough, after forty years uh, this year. Um, but yeah, we always went back to Saltburn every weekend. I remember that, and I remember that weekend going up to Saltburn, and your know, roads were empty, everything felt deserted, and, and um, you know, my grand didn't have anything like Sky or anything like that. She she didn't even have internet in the house. Even you know, she she sadly died four years ago now, and even 
even you know then four years ago no internet in the house whatsoever and and i can still remember as clear as day. I had it on teletext. Can you remember the old teletext and the, the scores, like the pages would flip through? And and that was the only way I could follow the game. I mean, yeah, I wasn't a Middlesbrough fan, but I was football obsessed. And because so many of me family members were, were Middlesbrough fans, I, I understood the significance and the importance of the game. Yeah, I still remember as clear as day, just waiting for those pages to kind of flick through back to the page that, that had the Middlesbrough Bolton score on. And, and, you know, obviously brilliant start, two early goals and then Bolton get one back and you've got that nervous wait every time the page comes back on teletext to see if there's been a change and that still remember as clear as day running through at full time me, me mum and my gran would have been in the kitchen and I remember as clear as day running through gran they've done it they've won they've won and, and me gran in only the way that a, a gran can who isn't really interested in football well it's about time isn't it I can remember as clear as day I said it. it's about time isn't it uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's funny how little deaf memories like that stick in your head, but that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's why, you know, football's so special and it, it does, like, you know, winning things and being part of success. Even when you have the lows, it just makes those successes all the better. It makes them feel better. It makes them higher because, you know, you have moments like that that you can cherish and remember forever. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a special, special watch and a special event last night and hopefully Middlesbrough can take that into Stoke this weekend. Craig, thank you so much for joining us this morning, mate. Thanks for giving up your time. Uh, I do appreciate it. It is crazy. I as a dead myself, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us. Everything Borough, uh, we'll have you on again very, very soon. Thanks, Craig. Pleasure as always, gents. Cheers, thank mate. You. Cheers, man. Oh, Craig Johns from the Evening Gazette. Uh, good lads, good lad. Yeah, very good lad. Lads, we are getting into the last moment here. Dad, we do have missed some ads, so I do believe we'll go to a short, quick ad break and then we'll come back to wrap it up all here on the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast. Welcome back to the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. Happy Friday. We are in the last 10 minutes of your drive to work, your morning coffee, your warm porridge. As it's the 1st of March here, we've covered the three teams. Let's go around the lads now and get some predictions for the games. We have got Newcastle at home, obviously, to Wolves, Borough away to Stoke, and Sunderland travelling to Norwich. Teddy, I'll start to you, mate. Give us the predictions for your three Northeast at games this weekend, and I'm please, please, please tell me that at least one of our teams is going to get a win. I, I think they will. Um, I don't think it's going to be Newcastle. <laughs> um, I can I can see a draw on the horizon there, and and I think Newcastle at this moment in time will probably take that. Um, as ever, I, I think that they don't have any difficulty in scoring goals, so I'm going to go for a, a one-all draw with with Newcastle versus Wolves. Uh, Middlesbrough, are we going around everyone for each one, or do you want all of my predictions at once? Uh, we can go. Yeah, we'll go. We'll stick to one game at once. So give us the Newcastle Wolves right, game for okay. first. Ones each. Ooh, Steve, your prediction for your lads uh, against Wolves at home? Two one to Wolves. Ooh, he's gone against them. He's gone against them. Davey lad. Your um, prediction for Newcastle? It's not very often I I actually agree with a Macam. I'm going to go one one. Ooh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one nil to Wolves in that one. 
Uh, I think it's going to be a tough afternoon uh, at St. James's Park. Let's change a track to Middlesbrough, obviously traveling to Stoke City. Uh, a tough old game that Middlesbrough need and desperately need three points for, but Stoke also. Teddy Boy, Middlesbrough versus uh, uh, Stoke. How are you seeing that one play out? This is the one. This is it. This is where you're going to get your first nil-nil draw of the season. Oh, my God. I was excited. It's going to be boring and horrible. <laughs> Steve, how do you see Barra v Stoke? I'm going to go 1-0 to Stoke. Oof. And a radio dad, Barra <laughs> v Stoke. Nightmare. Um, oh, this is torture. I've got heart and head. I've got heart and head. I'm going for a 1-0 Borough win. Yes, I'm going 3-0 to the Borough. It's going to be easy. Uh, and on to the Sunderland game. Sunderland travelled to Norwich uh, in a game, obviously, desperate for three points. Sunderland are under Dodds, uh, but Norwich just sitting out of that playoff race. How do you see your team, Teddy Boy, against Norwich? What's the prediction there? Can't see us losing four in a row. Um, my head's telling me a draw, but I'm, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm going to go for a sneaky, sneaky, horrible 1-0 win for Sunderland. Ooh, Steve, how are you seeing Mackens? Hot ruling his head there, like... Definitely. Um, <laughs> Norwich 3, Sunderland 1, Clive Walker and <sighs> <a> Mr. Penley. <laughs> Radio Dad, uh, Sunderland v Norwich at Norwich. I'm not going to be as heartless as the boy Wraith, uh, but I'm still going to say it's Norwich 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with him. I think it's Norwich 2-0. I think Josh Sargent's going to be too heavy uh, on that back line for Sunderland to deal with. Have we got a certain Daz in the studio by now, Radio Daz? He's just chance? undressing in front of me. Easy. <laughs> easy, Tiger, wow. easy. Good morning, gents. <laughs> morning, Daz. How are Friday, you, legend? It? <laughs> it is pants on Friday. Well, now I am worried because he's taking his top off. <laughs> What's coming next? <laughs> How are we Daz, doing, gents? just asking for going oh, really well. Good, good. Uh, having a... Uh, good morning here, chatting about all the three teams coming up this weekend. Uh, we just got the last predictions. Can I get your predictions, mate? Starting off with Newcastle v Wolves at St. James's Park. Uh, I'm going 1-1 on that. I think it'll be a, a tight game, but I think Jodies uh, will come away with a point. Ooh. And what about Sunderland at Norwich? Um, I think it's going to be 1-0 Norwich. Um yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game, but I think uh, Norwich. I'm going for Norwich on that Write one. Write my team off at your peril. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, mate, the big old borough uh, traveling down to Stoke City in what we've all predicted to be a pretty ugly game. Yeah. How are you seeing Borough get on this weekend? Um, yeah, I saw Stoke a couple of weeks ago at Rotherham and they were absolutely awful. Um, it really is going to be a bulldog tuna wasp game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, I'm going nil nil. Mm. Um, oh no. Yeah. Um, but it'll be a point. It'll be a yeah, point. Yeah. And a, well, it makes it ex an exciting is, watch along bad. for me to sit down on at 2am in the <laughs> yeah. morning. Uh, looking forward to yeah, that one. I'm busy uh, that day. Do you know what though, Ray? <laughs> you will make it worthwhile. You always oh, do. So. Thank you, Daz. Thank you. Too kind to me. Well, that's it, lads. We're done. Happy Friday. Happy 1st of March. The Northeast Footy Brekkie Show is done for another week as we head into the weekend, hoping that Monday doesn't allure us to back to... A Monday where there's three losses. Please can at least one of our teams be happy because then we can put that person on mute come Monday. But that is it. Have a fantastic weekend. Good luck to your team if they are playing this weekend. And from all of us, have a safe and wonderful weekend. We will see you on Monday. See you guys. See you guys. Oh, and we're going to go out with an absolute belter. Get in.
Yes! <laughs> he always makes a comment, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Why you punish me Like a wave crashing into the shore You wash away my dreams Time Why you walk away Like a friend with somewhere to go You left me Can you teach me about tomorrow and all the pain and sorrow running free? Cause tomorrow's just another day and I don't believe in time. Make them clear 